0: Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher, Buzz Lalbeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries, located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now, here's today's message. Matthew 25, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil and flasks along with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold, the bridegroom comes, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Later the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. And this is the word of the Lord. This is the fifth day of the week in God's created order. The twenty-second day of the second month. Two thousand, twenty-fourth year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in Heaven, thank you for this opportunity each and every morning that you wake us up. The opportunity where you disciplined us to, to crawl out of the rack. And for those of us who are meeting us early in the morning, um, to hear your word. And, and, and for those later on, and, and they're going to, to hear this, uh, message. We pray Heavenly Father for all of us that you open up the heart, our hearts, to to hear it and to to proclaim it and to be comforted by it. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, again, we are on the Olivet discourse, and this is the this is to answer. This continues on the narrative, the conversation that Jesus having specifically with Peter. James, John, and Andrew, Peter's brother. When they came to him and said, when first of all, they were admiring the the, the wonderful structures all around. And Jesus then tells them that uh, all these things are going to be torn down. And uh, then they asked him the question, when, when when are the when is the sign of uh, when are these things going to, when are these things going to happen and the end of the age and the sign of your coming and so our narrative for the last uh what 14 15 uh, for the last two weeks have been this very important you know this uh, the olivet discourse has been the one thing that I had looked at that I dreaded because there was throughout my life I throughout my doctrinal days throughout my days of studying was, I, 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 stu, I tried to fit the church in all of this and and reading through the I, I just could not I could not fit it, it was hard to to try to figure out what's the church and where's the church fit into all this stuff and when I learned to when I learned this important principle, that to set the church aside, to remove the church from this, because the truth is, the church is not even thought of, the context is not the church. Not at all. Except for a slight slight provision that when the Lord returns, He returns with His bride. The church is His bride. The church is still a mystery. That many of us do not want to to admit it, but the Bible is more Jewish than it is Christian, and uh, uh, there is. But that doesn't mean that it's not edified. It doesn't mean that uh, that it's not as the as the this as in the writing as is written that all scripture is god breathed and is profitable for reproof for the training in righteousness that the man of god might be out equipped for every good work from genesis to revelation it's all pertinent but when it comes right down to it it really is more of uh, the, as we look at the gospel we look at it in the, from the perspective the, the the Jewish perspective and it's like the 2,000 years of the church have been just passed over and I do believe it has been in this in this context that and we saw that in Daniel with the prophecy with Daniel's prophecy the the 70 week prophecy and uh, the Daniel chapter 9 it just passes write of anything about the church so look at it in the perspective of the Jew, the Jewish mindset rather than trying to fit something into it that doesn't belong here and this is where we are at in the the parable of the 10 virgins the message of the lord here deals with israel during the tribulation and certainly we must and it talks about expedient, to be ready. A lot of this is about being ready. About A lot of this is about being on guard. And we should always be on guard. And that's a principle that we stand even in the church age. We do not know when the trumpet's going to sound. When we're going to leave the body and and meet the Lord in the air. We don't know the day that, of our death, nor do we know the day of the rapture. And we must be ready. So that, the principle of readiness always stands. But specifically here in the, in this particular parable, in other parables, it still stands that we must, that they must be ready. So the the context is the Israelites within the tribulation. And as well as the believing Jews, let's just say the tribulational saints, both Jew and Gentile. So the teachings of Jesus. Is presenting to the disciples, and it includes the parables. The and all centers around the coming of the Lord at the end of the tribulation. So first, let's discuss the participants of this. There's a wedding supper, and I love this. Tim, you love this as well because uh, you've taught this. It's the the marriage supper, the Jewish wedding feast. So much, the custom of the Jewish wedding feast, so much is pictured here and it's uh, in this chapter as well. So we come into the the wedding feast. And first of all, let's take a look at who the participants are. First of all, the ten virgins. And I'm not chastising anyone. I'm saying myself, because I used to think the ten virgins were the church. No, it's not. The ten virgins are the ten virgins are not the bride. First of all, let's take a look at the the wedding feast uh, and what what we customary would happen during a wedding uh, to, to the engagement. Normally, it would be a arranged marriage that the two fathers would come together: the father of the bride and father of the groom. The, the bride and the groom may have not even known each other. They may not even know each other. But the two fathers would come together and, and they would what do you call them? And they would make a deal. The bride price, how much bride price, how much dowry, and when's this and all that. They'd work out the details. And when they would finally get done, they would they would probably have themselves a little bit of wine. They would seal the Covenant and and those two would be considered married. Uh, the the contract and the only way to get out of that contract would be a divorce. All right, there would be a waiting period of about a year, and, and it would it would be a year's waiting period, and this would be to to test the faithfulness of the bride and all that and within the year, the bride would know that the time was near. But she would not know the day nor the hour because the bridegroom would come at a at a time which, again, it could be at night, it could be at midnight, it could be during the day. She would not know. She just had to be ready. She had to make sure that that she had the uh, her hairdress or the coins. She had to make sure that the uh, in her hair, she had to make sure that everything was in place and ready to go at a moment's notice. She couldn't. Tell, she couldn't keep the bridegroom waiting. She couldn't just like like when when a girl's dating and she's still in there prepping and the the her her boyfriend is sitting on the couch waiting for her to come out and so they could go out and date. It wasn't not like that. You don't keep the bridegroom ready. You're either ready or you go and you're. You're whisk off with them. You've got to be ready. Um, so you have and and there would be, be a great ceremony there, the wedding feast would would last a week and it would have its guests and it would have everyone in place to. and everyone, listen, it's not just the bride that has to be ready but it also has to be all those that are to attend and the, those special people because the the ten, again the ten virgins are not the bride they are the bride's maid they are the bride's maids they have to be ready as well as the bride being ready and so they they are a special they are an honored place within that ceremony and you can understand you can look at this. This was the most important day for all of their lives. The bridesmaids were specially selected by the bride. They were her best friends. They uh, they had to... You see, in, in our wedding day, the bridesmaids were... They all They all knew what day it would be. They would have all their dresses ready to go. And it would be a nightmare for any of them to dishonor the bride. It would be a. It would. They, they, <laughs> I equate it to be and Tim and I talked about this or at least mentioned that Tim gave me a thumbs up on it. It's like going out for a, those those nightmare dreams where where we're falling out for inspection and we got our we've got our uniforms on. And we're standing there waiting for them to be inspected by the general and we look down, we got our tennis shoes on, rather than our core frames. Um, going to school. Remember your school about going to school and you're unprepared. You wow, I'm back at school. I don't know where my classes are, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm wearing, or maybe I'm wearing my pajamas going to school. Whatever. Well, this is the nightmare of those of the bride bridesmaid. That the, their nightmares is that they're not prepared for when the groom comes. Because unlike our wedding here, that every everybody knows time and date. There's not a day or an hour that the bridegroom's going to come. So the bridesmaid bridesmaid has has to be uh, they have to be ready. So we we of course in in the wedding the the man of honor is the bridegroom and and we and it is we begin with this that the, the son of god or the son of man he is the last adam and jesus christ is the last adam and and as adam he's going to come to do what the first adam could not do he's going to consummate the plan of god of what God had placed Adam on this earth to do from the very beginning, and that was to rule over this earth, Genesis 1:26 and twenty seven. But Adam would not be alone. Remember that, in Genesis chapter two is not, it's not good from uh, the Lord said it's not good for the man to be alone. I will create him a helper. And going back into Genesis chapter 1, he creates both man and woman as dominion rulers over this earth. To rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every, over every creeping thing. They were to rule over this earth. Of course, sin put an end to that. When Adam became a lawbreaker, it disqualified him, it disqualified his bride, it disqualified mankind. But what God had purposed from the beginning, He intends to bring to its furthest conclusion. So that Jesus Christ is the last Adam. And He has proved Himself worthy. He had in obedience. He went to the cross. He died on the cross. He was taken off that cross, buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And He's now sitting at the right hand of the Father at the time of pentecost it stops the clock on israel and the clock begins to tick on the church however long the church age is going to be it could be it could be a lot for i believe it's i believe it's close to the time that the church is going to be taken but we don't know but with every day there's the opportunity of those to receive the gospel to To trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be, to become and to enter into that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So, it's going to be in the rulership function is going to be our Lord Jesus Christ and His Bride to fulfill what Genesis one twenty six and one twenty seven is. So the Bride okay so that's the son of man that's the, the bridegroom the bride is all born again believers those who are born again to that relationship both Jew Gentiles or uh, well there's no Jew there's no Gentile there's no slave free male or female for all those who trust in Christ are a part of the body of Christ being assembled together during this church age the at some point the church is going to be taken, and the more I study this, and and before I well, I was very leery, and because there's good arguments to for pre-trib, for uh, post-trib, for mid-trib, for mid. There's great uh, those who have studied this have laid it out under their hermeneutical principles. That, but the more I study, especially uh, the more I study this, the odd discourse, the more I do believe and 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 stand upon a pre-trib rapture, because all focus is upon Israel. Now let's talk about the guests. The guests are the 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 believing remnant within that tribulation, both Jew and Gentile, the righteous in that period of time, those that that become those the tribulational saints that call upon the name of the Lord and this specific passage is dealing with Israel it's not dealing with the Gentiles Gentiles are going to be covered they, Gentiles during the, the, that period of time is going to be covered under the sheep and goat judgment and we will, we will come to that and we'll discuss that when the time comes So when Jesus comes back, it's going to be. First of all, we're going to have the. The. End of the age. We're coming up to the end of the age. Remember, these are the signs of the end of the age. And there are those who are watchful. There are, uh, there, and coming up to the end of the age, there is going to be a judgment. And that judgment is going to be against Israel, the nation Israel. They will have, they will still have that. Uh, the, the, the judgment of God's going to come not only to this world, uh, this world, but Israel themselves are going to have things that the the national sins which they are going to be answered to as well. Remember that God is just, and that He, that the Lord, cannot just arbitrarily forgive. See, judgment isn't just God being mad and and destroying his people. Judgment is, there's a cleansing aspect to judgment. And baptism, there is the being identified with Christ and, and with his death, his burial, his resurrection. We as a church, and we are baptized in identity with Christ and our judgment within and, and them but there is an individually even in the tribulation and, and within all periods of time it's always been faith that brought us into uh, a individual uh, individually into our relationship with the lord but Israel's going to have to stand in judgment for their national sins and uh Let's look, take a look at this. It's, uh, let's begin with Daniel 9.24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and for the holy city to finish the, the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. These things are centering around not the world and not the church and not anything else but Israel, but God's people here. Ezekiel. and I'm, as I, I'm going to read from 33 to 44. I'm going to read 11 verses here in Ezekiel. The, the prophecy of Ezekiel. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand And with an outstretched arm. And with the wrath poured out. I shall be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples. And gather you from the lands where you are scattered. With a mighty hand. And with an outstretched arm. And with the wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples. And there will be... There I will enter into judgment with you face to face as I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt. So I will enter into judgment with you declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod and I will bring you into the bond of covenant and I will purge from you the rebels of those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where you where they sojourn. But they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, Go, serve everyone his idols. But later you will surely listen to me. and my holy name you will profane no longer with your gifts and with your idols. For on my holy mountain and on the high mountain of Israel declares the Lord God. There the whole house of Israel all of them will serve me and the land there i will accept them and there where there i will seek your contributions and the choices of your gifts with all your holy things as soothing aroma i will uh, should have brought that up there sorry about that let me bring us bring it down to 41 as a soothing aroma i will accept you when i bring you out of the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered. And I will prove myself holy among you in the sight of the nations. And you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, into the land which I swore that I'd give your forefathers. There you will remember your ways and all your deeds which you have defiled yourselves and you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for all the evil things that you have done. Then... You will know that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. And in Zechariah, just one verse in Zechariah 13.1 In that day a fountain will be opened for the house of David and your inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for impurity. So there is a judgment coming against Israel. And that day is coming. That's going to be the great and terrible day of the Lord. There in the time in the time of Jacob's trouble there's still time. Though it's going to be a time of desperation. Though it's going to be a, t- a terrible time. People are still going to have a time to wake up and to open their eyes that the Lord is coming. And they don't know what day He is coming, but He is coming. And He's going to separate the believers from the unbelievers. The so Lord, from the very beginning is to separate from the, the, the light from the darkness. And so there is that judgment coming. And this is what this is about. They will... They will be judged as a nation, but they will be redeemed as a nation. For after the judgment, which is pur- purification, they're going to purge. Sometimes I was talking. I was talking to a friend of mine over the over the weekend. He was talking about problems that has occurred in their church, and of course, there's a church split. And he said sometimes a church split may not be all that bad, for it it purifies the church. It separates the those that, those that just march out and say, well, I'm not going to be a part of this church anymore, and they take a bunch of them with them. Well, goodbye. It, 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 it does a purging, a cleaning of it. And this is what's going to happen with the house of Israel. There's going to be a cleaning. There's going to be a separation. There's going to be a separation of light and darkness to go in. Alright, so we're dealing with different factors here. Israel is not the bride. You've got the you've got the bridegroom, you've got Israel, which is the friend of the bride, the friend of the bride, a friend, and they are the, these 10 virgins that we're getting ready to discuss that will continue on in in the morning. These 10 virgins are the bridesmaids. They and the 10 virgins I'll can't wait to be Israel. Half a, and the again for the these ten virgins have to be ready along with the bride. Okay, the bride is already with the Lord at this point and they have to be ready for the return of the Lord with his bride for the marriage supper of the lamb. and this marriage supper is going to usher into the the millennial age. The the guest of honor the uh, the honor the the, the those I'll let you just say it this way those is being honored in the marriage supper of lamb is the bride the bridegroom and the bride to bring uh, to bring honor to them those, those are at center stage and then you have the the friends of the bridegroom which is Israel. And leading up to that point, there will be the the bridesmaids. Half of them be ready; they will have oil in their lamp. The other half will not be. So, so reading in the light of those things, this is where we're, we'll set up in. Uh, this is we will begin in the morning with the with the verses. I have Lord will Spirit, guide, rapture penning. Just just so the main point today when we're dealing with the ten virgins first of all the ten virgins are not the church the other point is that we must that we must be ready we as a church today must be ready for the sound of the trumpet to leave well in that period of time we're moving closer to the to the coming of the Lord with his bride the the Israel as well as the believing the believing Jews, those that are believed, they have made themselves ready and they're looking up. Their Their redemption is near. They have their oil in their lamps. They're ready to go. The The, the ten virgins have their ready to go to, to, to celebrate the coming of the Lord and His bride. So with that, we're going to pick this up tomorrow uh, and let's close out in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you but there's an opportunity this morning to fellowship in your word. and these are, th- these are exciting things. And for me, it has changed. Your word has changed my own presuppositions and how many ways that I've tried to fit the church in all these things. And in some ways, it, it does still tweak my presuppositions that I have, that I have to push out myself. To let the word speak for what the word says and the time in which you say it says. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit that guides us, that comforts us, that teaches us. We pray that we continue to seek out the truth and as good Bereans to make sure these things are correct. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on, keep fighting good, fight of faith. Lord will and spirit guide, wrap your pen, and we'll be back here in the AM. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.